Trek Companion. This is episode 269. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're discussing Discovery's second season episode's Point of Light and an obel for Charon. All right, here we go. Point of Light, Season 2, Episode 3. Original release date, January 31st, 2019. Directed by Olatunde Osunsamni, written by Andrew Colville. Guest cast includes Mia Kirshner as Amanda, Alan Van Sprang as Leland, Mary Chifo as Laurel, Kenneth Mitchell as Colshaw, Baya Watson as May Ahern, Hannah Cheeseman as Arium, Emily Coots as Kayla Detmer, Patrick Kwakshun as... Uh, Reese, Olian Oladejo as Joanne Oosekun, Ronnie Rowe Jr. as R.A. Bryce, Julianne Grossman's Discovery Computer, Xavier Sotelo's Diego Vela, David Benjamin Tomlinson as Linus, Pei Chin as Starfleet Psychiatrist, and Damon Runyon as Ujil. Spock's mother, Amanda Grayson, learns that he has escaped the psychiatric unit and is wanted for murdering three doctors. She steals his medical records and takes them to Discovery for decryption. On Kronos, Klingon house leader Cole Shaw threatens to kill Emperor Laurel and Ash Tyler's secret child unless she gives up power. Meanwhile, Stamets and Burnham use dark matter to remove a parasite from Tilly that seems to be causing her hallucinations of her dead childhood friend, May. Seven signals appeared across the galaxy. Yellow. With it, perhaps any chance of a relationship with my brother Spock. That ship is Vulcan. That ship is Ceres. Spock is connected to them. What did he see in them that I can't? You are the Federation's puppet. A failure to understand feels like a failure to reach him at a time when he might need me most. I am sorry for what I did. I will find him. All right, so after the high of those first two episodes, we're now in it. We're deep in it. Yes. Let's go for season two. No escape. Adam, start us. Adam, start us. Okay, I mean, uh, yeah, the first, I mean, you know, we were really high in the last episode. Um, that doesn't mean these two episodes aren't 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 something as well. I, I think this so far has been the, the best Klingon-centric episode so far that they've done with the Klingons um, to this point um, in Discovery. I think my problem with Ash Tyler always was the relationship with um, Burnham in the first in the first season. It just never there, you know, we've talked about it at length. There's no chemistry. I don't want to get it too far into it. But as he as his role is it's kind of come to light. It's I guess maybe I don't know if I've accepted him more or if it's it's fine to me, but I don't know. This episode kind of just felt more traditional Klingon. You're on Chronos, you kind of have the structures of the houses, you know, they've even started, you know, looking more like um, Klingons, you know, they even explain it as like, oh, they're growing their hair back. So um, on that note, um, you know, I'll, I'll give Discovery a little bit of credit, you know, they, they brought their Klingon game game up just a little bit. On the other side, you know, we start to learn about Tilly and what's going on there, this interesting mystery. And then we get more pieces, you know, from, you know, what's going on with Spock and the psychiatric unit. Get more, um, you know, kind of the relationship between Amanda and Burnham. So, I mean, those are all good things that kind of move move the story along in a, in a positive way, I thought, from this episode. Yeah, I still don't have a lot of good things to say about the Tyler of the Rail stuff, but I, I agree that it's slightly more palatable here than usual <laughs> i still feel like i tune out most of the time and there there's there a there's a line there that i thought was kind of funny you know i wrote this down so i'd get i quoted exactly correct when 
Tyler says to Lorel, looking back on basically the events of season one, he says, all these secrets and lies to protect a failed wartime experiment. What have you gained, Star Trek writers? <laughs> that was the quote. <laughs> I, I guess what we can kind of take of it, they kind of wrapped it up in a bow, you know, at the, at the end of it. I guess maybe that's kind of why I also liked it, too, because, you know, they, obviously he's leaving Kronos. We're not going to see much of that going forward. And, you know, Section 31, you know, here we go. And that's going to be a, a bigger part of the, the season as we go along. Steve, your first thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's a bit of a downer thing from the first two. I'd kind of forgotten some of the stuff. I think I think one thing about these... Um, I agree on the, Tyler, the the Klingon Tyler stuff. I mean, I get that they're 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 moving something forward here. They they start him, they kind of lead into Section Thirty One with him ended up being there. They have the Klingon stuff that later manifests itself in this season through some stuff they do with Pike and whatever. But sometimes it feels so disconnected. It's like um, I think I think what's tricky about these with so much continuity is. Um, I think what worked better in the, the first couple episodes, especially that second episode, is that they're able, you, you still have a focus, yet you keep certain balls in the air. And on these two episodes, I feel like it's just uh, watching a juggler. You know, it's like they're all, all you're doing is the balls in the air. I mean, it's, it feels like, okay, we've got a half a dozen things going on, and we just bounced one after another after another after another. And not all of it's bad, and so there's some interesting developments and good stuff and everything. It's just... Um, I think I think it works better when there's some a little bit more focus on one thing instead of it being like so many things with you know like storylines. It's like just a whole lot of little short storylines all running in parallel or something. You know, it's you know yeah. on, on that note, the, the whole baby thing. We never heard about this baby before this episode, right? Right. We find out that apparently it was there all along and stuff, but the, the baby storyline seems to start last through and then end at the end of this episode right they deposit the baby at the monk place and they say when i can never see it again yeah it's so that's point it's really yeah, like yeah. obligatory or Why something was, we gotta have a yeah. baby so yeah. it's this in this already stuffed episode i just i never i mean there's just an example of like why was that there at all you could have done all the same things and it was and it just being tyler you know tyler contacted the federation and told them something and here's his fake dead head that I, I thought it would have been more interesting if they would have if he would have sent the, the child back to Earth. Um, like uh, Alexander. Yeah, yeah, Alexander. I mean, you know, that would have been. I see what I see exactly what you're saying. I mean, you know, what's the point of this? You know, it doesn't really, didn't really seem to affect the story one way or another. I think um the 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 Klingon bad guy still would have wanted to kill them. And that it's one way or that another. it's all stuffed in this one episode. Even if it yeah. had gone into one more episode at least or something, it it just feels kind of. I guess I needed to have some more, um, some more lines for um, the emperor. I know. Yeah. I know when this. I remember <laughs> blood, specific- blood being a parent and stuff. Sorry. <laughs> I know that's cool. I remember specifically when that happened. That it was so like just stopping and then and it just went there and then it they didn't do anything else with it. And that was so like what the, what the heck that. I was trying to figure out is this a, is this a draw is this some kind of continuity thing for fun? Like I was thinking is that baby turn out to be like the albino in deep space nine, you know, cause that's something that would make some sense or they would allude to something that would just be a little nugget for us, but they never even go there really. I mean, it just kind of, it totally was pointless. That part I guess it, it could be the albino on deep space. I mean, they, they don't, yeah, I guess it's not like it can't be, but um, anyway, I mean, something, but yeah, there's just, there's just so much. I mean, it's not like it's all bad. It's just why, why can't they just, cut something and focus a little more on focus. Yeah. yeah yeah there, there, there's like four storylines going on here 
At some point, the distorted guitar comes in during a Klingon part, which I think is funny too. You know, you, yeah, that was unusual. Yeah. I, I noticed that too. You know, this one part. Like when it, when it, it it was near, you know, you have the first three quarters of the battle, which is them fighting all the basically the red shirts, you know, the, the throwaway guys, and then when they go to fight, the only one left is the boss man, mm-hmm. and then his slow mo kind of entrance. Mm-hmm. That's when you hear the, the electric guitar. It's been funny if you get in like Air Batleth or something with that part, you know, and just. Kind of, <laughs> 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 I mean, I, I still like the music a lot, even when he does. Right, like right. It's it's very good. The music is consistently fantastic. Yeah. In the show. But that's it. But Steve, it's it's kind of the nature of this show, kind of how it goes. So I mean, if you take the, you know, they kind of they hit on the Spock notes early on in this episode, and then they completely dropped it. But uh, they're going to pick that up again. They didn't pick it up in the next episode, but it gets picked up. That whole thing between Amanda and um, Burnham that rift gets picked up again later. Mm-hmm. So it's just, kind of, it's kind of, I, that was, I definitely that was see rift, yeah. not rift, not the guitar riff. That was a rift. <laughs> yeah, rift. Back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I see it's kind of, yeah, it's just the nature of kind of how television is now. They kind of just, they hit on a couple notes in an episode and then they wait a couple episodes and they hit on them again. And so it just kind of drags it along the whole time. Whereas like, you know, we were, we were kind of praising the last episode, from the previous podcast because it it felt more like a, a, a encapsulated um star trek episode it's, and you know and i think we'll keep discussing this kind of like how the nature of this show is different from the, the previous you know incarnations uh the burnham amanda stuff in the context of the next episode it it kind of it it works all the stuff where she's talking about um you know why she she has a uh, messed up relationship with Spock, Burnham. I mean, I didn't feel entirely satisfied with those scenes, and it didn't seem like it was worth bringing Amanda in necessarily. But I feel like they paid it off in the next episode when we, you know, when she after what happens with Saru, which obviously we'll discuss in the next episode. But I feel like they, I feel like they paid it off in the next episode where she makes the change and decides she should engage Spock. But the Amanda stuff. It, it's it's okay, but one question I had is is Amanda like angry with Burnham by the end of the when when and Amanda leaves? Did she, is she mad at her? It kind of seems that way. Yeah, if I remember, I mean I don't remember it fully, but I think there's some you know resolution to that a few episodes down the road. What do we think of uh, Michelle Yeoh's return as Giorgio? That's yeah, it's good. Yeah, is she like wearing some kind of make her look like an alien thing? If, or did I just was that so fast and I was wrong when I saw that when she yeah, first she, yeah it looked like a camouflage, camouflage oh, okay, face okay. Yeah. yeah yeah so she just had to look that way until she killed all the Klingons mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah her surprise entrance I mean there's, there's a logic to the politics there you know it is in the Federation's best interest for Laurel to remain in power lest somebody that's a little more interested in war or whatever take over but I don't know I, I didn't I didn't find any of that stuff terribly interesting first time we see this uh like section 31 has like a whole team and a ship and all that Mm -hmm. captain and all what do we think of this uh the tilly may is a multi-dimensional fungal parasite storyline well this is the thing that we kind of get bits and pieces of it from episode to episode you know it's kind of started in the last couple where you kind of you know and it kind of grows you know so you get a little bit more you know we got just a tidbit from the last episode and now you get a little bit more in this episode and we'll be talking about more in the next episode and it still doesn't resolve until until we do our next podcast um so yeah this is another one of like um you know how they do these you know like it was you know it's you just 
to move to, I don't know, to keep, I guess to keep you binge watching, they can, they have these, um, you know, they just give you, it's kind of like, I almost kind of relate it to like reading a book, you know, when you read, you read a chapter and then the, um, the author doesn't go back to what happened in that chapter to like five chapters later. So it's kind of what it, kind of the analogy that I can feel like that's what it is. Like, that's what I was saying. You know, you get a little bit of Spock in the beginning, but we'll get more of it a couple episodes down the line. I think it's a continuum though. I think, and I'm not saying it's always, it's always works one way better than another, but it seems like in this show, I, I think on average, I dig it more when it, when they, they, they don't, if you, if you had a running episode and you divided it like evenly in six or something, and that's one kind of way to do it. And then there's another way where you have like two thirds of it be kind of about one thing. And then the rest of the third is a couple other things that they keep in the air. And then they bring back those as a more prominent story later. I don't know. I, I that, I don't know. I, I kind of, I like that better on average. I think the, I think for me, it's that it's just, you know, we always come back with what's this about? What's this about? It's not necessarily, you always have to have some big moral story, but it, it feels more like a fulfilling or something when there's some kind of cohesive something that yeah you can't have something to say if you're only saying half a sentence every time yeah yeah it's almost like the the episode lines blur in between each episode right you you do that too much it just feels kind of ridiculous i mean it feels like it gets soap opera like where you're just like bit 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 i mean it's It's just like one long movie yeah Yeah. in that case you might as well do them yeah yeah and hey don't forget this was originally broadcast one episode per week right right there was no, this wasn't like Netflix where you could binge it in a weekend. It wasn't like that. But I still think it was designed to be binge watched because, you know, they obviously you release it one, you know, you're, you're going to get more viewers down the line than you are on the first run. So, and, and those people are going to more, more than likely binge watch it, you know, two, three, four episodes at a time. It'd be interesting to see the writing in action on these kind of things, you know, in terms of how much they, they just have this whole big long story and then they chop it up and how much of it is okay. Now we're going to focus on this focus on this or somewhere in between, you know, um, as they go. I mean, I, it'd be interesting to know that in terms of, I'm, I'm not, I'd be curious if they, if they take that kind of strategy to it, like uh, if it's like a, well, here's a perfect place to end the episode or here's the perfect thing to leave hanging until the next one. Or if they have to just kind of like make this huge long story and then decide where they're chopping it or they, I don't know. And I think in the next episode we get we kind of get like a you know a, a time frame reference. I think Tilly says in the next episode, you know, this is the second time in a week I've been struck by lightning. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So you know, so I'm so you know that it's only been you know a few days since they were you know had the dark matter in the chamber and that kind of stuff. That dark matter asteroid. I guess one significant narrative point we find out that Spock saw the red angel as a child, and it was definitely the same looking red angel that Burnham saw recently. I know we're going to find out more about all of that, I remember. Well, it's good. And then we also find out what the rift is between Burnham and Spock. You know, mm-hmm. she... The throwing in the D7 seemed like a little bit of fan bait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is fine. Sure. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. What's this episode about? Steve mentioned this earlier. It's kind of, you know, when they're juggling so many different things, it's hard to kind of pinpoint what they're trying to say. It's, it's, really, it's, it's really hard in this episode because they have... Uh, you know, you could say the from the Klingon stuff, it's about, you know, finding one's way, um, you know, Tyler finding his way and his place. And that's it's not with the Klingons and it's not necessarily with Starfleet. So there's this middle road with them, 
section 31. Um, you know, for, for Thorell, it's like letting go of all your weaknesses and becoming the leader that the, that the Klingon Empire needed. So it's just kind of about finding your place. Um, how that relates to the rest of the episode, I don't think it does at all. Um, so, you know, with, with Tilly, that's an ongoing story. I, I don't really know, you know, what they're trying, you know, it's that's an ongoing storyline that goes for another couple episodes. So it's kind of hard to relate and say what they're trying to say or what they're talking about. You know, the Spock thing, you know, um, Burnham, I guess, coming clean, you know, with your parents. I mean, yeah, there's a bit of a, a little bit in this, the, the kind of a strained relationships, you know, or maybe uh, growing out of relationships in a, in a sense. I mean, I guess that's, there's something with the, the Burnham, Amanda and, uh, Tyler Laurel stuff have in common is the kind of point. Sometimes that point where you get to the you get to a, a, a section to, to ultimately fulfill what you need for, to fulfill yourself or to do what you feel is needs to needs to happen. It ultimately means that a relationship gets strained or something. But I don't think I don't know if they're even necessarily trying to draw that parallel. You know, because like like as we talk, there are a lot of different things going on there, and that's just two of those things. And so I don't know. Let's do six degrees for point of light. All of today's questions are just trivia. Adam, are you going first or second? I'll go first. This is the first Prime Universe Section 31 ship that we've seen on the show, but we did see a pretty mean-looking Section 31 ship in Star Trek Into Darkness from the Kelvin Universe. What was the name of that ship? Section 31 ship. Oh, um... The big, scary... I think it was black, (laughs) wasn't it? Oh, what did they name that ship? Um... It wasn't the USS Princess. No, I don't. I, I, I know this is a ride, but this is the only thing that I can think of, and this is an entirely different show. But I'm just going to say Pegasus. No, you're right. That was a different show. Steve, I have no idea. Oh, <laughs> the Vengeance, the USS Vengeance. Hmm. Okay, that sounds kind of familiar. Remember no. RoboCop <laughs> was at the helm. Sure, sure. <laughs> That's right. All right. Nobody gets anything. Moving on. An Obel for Sharon, Season 2, Episode 4, original air date February 7th, 2019, directed by Lee Rose, story by Jordan Nardino, Gretchen J. Berg, and Aaron Harberts, teleplay by Alan McElroy and Andrew Colville, guest cast include Tig Notaro as Jet Reno, Rebecca Romaine as Number 1, Rachel and Cheryl as Non, Baya Watson as May Ahern, Hannah Cheeseman as Ariam, Emily Coots as Kayla Detmer, Patrick Kokchun as Reese, Oyen Oladejo as Joanne Osekun, Ronnie Rowe Jr. as Ari Bryce, Julianne Grossman as Discovery Computer, Raven Dowda as Tracy Pollard, and David Benjamin Tomlinson as Linus. A living, intelligent, planetoid-sized spear pulls Discovery out of warp and immobilizes it. The crew summarizes the spear is well-intentioned and has gathered a gargantuan amount of data from all over the galaxy that it does not want to lose before it dies. However, the spear's hold on Discovery triggers the Valhari in Commander Saru, a fatal condition to his species, the Kelpians. All while Discovery is tracking Lieutenant Commander Spock's warp signature, which they are about to lose. Something has us locked in a place. I could fly in a web. My people have a condition. It is terminal. Death is inevitable. You are my family. After everything that we have been through, we are not 
make you die. All right, Steve, kick us off. All right. So, uh, yeah, so we kind of have this start off in a fun way with the introduction of number one. Um, it's, uh, I mean, I don't know about the justification of bringing her on on the ship, but it, it's cool, whatever, and her uh, eating habits and all that We hadn't stuff. seen her before, right? Is this the first time yeah, we this see Rebecca? Yeah, um, is Yeah. 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 So that's, that's cool. And uh, so, yeah, and then and then we kind of get into this again, where there's a whole lot going on. It's a, in a different way, kind of, than the other episode we spoke of. But they, they yeah, they pack a lot in this uh, episode. We have, I mean, obviously, Saru and his plight play a big role with this. We get further development of the May Blob or whatever, and uh, Tilly and. Um, and then, of course, the the whole sphere thing, which has ramifications for the rest of this season and then onward, really. So I don't know if we have we seen uh, so much of Saru before with the whole makeup on the torso and all that. That's quite. Uh, I don't think so, and I don't think we've seen his quarters before, have we? It doesn't Not seem to the flowery, planty quarters. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of interesting things a lot of, again a lot going on where it's almost uh, there's it's kind of a strange focus kind of episode right because it gets more about the whole Saru Burnham thing and what's going on with him as it goes but early on it doesn't feel like it's going there at all so it's it's kind of unusual in that regard yeah you'd be forgiven for forgetting that all of that stuff happens at the the last half of this episode you know mm-hmm. if you thought all that happens is the sphere um adam your first thoughts sir um yeah i agree they got a whole ton of stuff going on here um you know they could have just it it almost could have just been like a an a you know next generation episode you know they would have just focused entirely on the sphere and you know you know what's it doing how's it complicating the ship you know that i felt that that would have been the main focus if it was a next gen episode and then you might have had like a a soft b story going on in the background or is this one again you have like you know almost three or four different storylines going on simultaneously that don't necessarily really relate to each other especially the you know the tilly and the, the may blob that's kind of its own thing that's been going on that we've, we've mentioned before it doesn't it kind of feels like they could have related it they could have brought the two storylines together maybe the spirit communicate you know but you know the only thing that kind of relates to the storyline between saru and the the planetoid is um, the scene in engineering when Burnham is, you know, realizes, oh, you know, we can. It's trying to communicate with us, and they're, you know, oh, the the fungus is trying to communicate with us. This episode felt to me like I don't know, maybe it just didn't mesh as well in the last. I know they did a lot of stuff in the last episode; they they were juggling around. I know this one. I'm not saying this is a bad episode, but I kind of just felt like all the things that they were doing in this episode didn't really mesh well together because I kind of found myself kind of. You know, old school Star Trek, like Next Gen, and the, you know the sciency brain in me is kind of like, oh, this would be more interesting if they just kind of focused on the sphere. It's this, you know, it just and it kind of really, you know, that this idea isn't new in Star Trek. They've had, you know, huge, you know, Star Trek the motion picture comes to mind. You know, this huge thing that has all this knowledge and yeah, it definitely made me think of of TMP. There's this kind of this understanding of you know, you know what it is to be, you know, sentient. And that's kind of like what the, what was going on in motion picture. That would have been interesting here, but I guess maybe they've already done it. They kind of just went more the Saru route and it didn't bother me as much this time, but I remember the first time I watched this episode, like I felt like the stuff that, you know, the scenes in Saru's quarter where, you know, he's asking Bernard to, to kill him and, 
just felt so, it i don't know to me it just felt so over the top um and it kind of just hurt the earlier scenes to me that were in the episode between saru and burnham yeah i kind of feel like if you're going to shut it down that fast then maybe you don't need to go that far you know i don't know yeah like i said you know i was like why is he asking her to do this there's you like know, emotional like, whiplash in that scene or something yeah yeah so i mean I, they're I both just, fantastic I, we're just really just talking about writing yeah, the, the writing went too far. I mean, their performances are, are top-notch. I'm, yeah. I'm not complaining about that, but it's just... I, I didn't see the necessity in going that far. Um, I didn't even really see the necessity of, you know, him having his shirt off <laughs> his quarters. Oh, Steve, oh, Steve yeah. wants to get in on this. I can tell. Yeah, he wants to talk about Shirtless Saru. Go, Steve. <laughs> shirtless Saru for the you know last quarter of the episode was, um yeah, definitely... Oh, no. Yeah, I even in sick bay, like yeah. you had plenty of, you could have put your shirt on. Put a sick. robe on, a, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> yeah, it's just like that kind of thing. It, it's fine. It's just that when you when you do it in odd places and in odd ways, and it doesn't seem needed, it feels like somebody decided, you know, what we got to do. It'd be really cool if we showed off our skills by doing this thing, and you know, and 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 when it, when things are done like in that way, it just feel it feels a little artificial. You know, it's one thing of just. And it was a distraction. It didn't look natural at all. Yeah, so, I mean, it doesn't, it's not wrong with it. It's just when you do things in an odd timing and you and you sit and sit there and think of, wow, that was quite. I wonder how early he had to show up that day. You know, and that's the stuff you think about. Then it's, something must not be organic about it in some respect. But I think I think with the I think with the writing is that that some of it felt like it would just you know this i think this is a fairly long episode or kind of maybe and and it it's like why did it need to be like some of the stuff some of the stuff is so on the nose not necessary that it just that it that it takes away a bit you know like when the, when they go into details about oh gosh so this is sentient oh it was trying to upload stuff oh and now we're tying in it's like they, they need to stop everyone thing and they're just telling us so here's what we're doing we're drawing a parallel between uh, saru and his condition and the sphere and what's going on and look we're gonna uh, and take they do that up. multiple times yeah and and it's going to like uh knock us away to save us from it how noble it's like it's it's just it's too much you know we, we we would get all this stuff and it would be less tedious if they stopped being so wordy about some of this stuff you know i think and that, you know i think they would have benefited from showing you know like this this planetoid creature that's been around for hundreds of thousands of years is about to die it's obviously sentient if they would have gotten to communicating with it much sooner we could have got a, maybe a perspective on you know death from both ends you know this creature mm-hmm. for, for for eons has lived and is coming to the end of its life and then you have saru and you know in the prime coming to his end of life so they could have mm-hmm. there could have been a nice parallel storyline you know they're you know talking you know trying to you know what does it say about death you know you know i think that's what they were trying to do in this episode but i think they could have brought it together better and their little, exp- yeah, and their explanation with the language thing is kind of hokey and doesn't really make much sense. It's like it's just a stunt they do early on. I didn't on, exactly you know? follow that. Are we, so are we saying that the Universal Translator is like the fish in Hitchhiker's Guide? Like people, <laughs> they can't turn it off if they wanted to or something? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand. Does everybody on the bridge speak different languages? Is that- I, I think it was like messing up. I don't think, I mean, I think they basically, once they figure out a way to turn it off, they acknowledge that as long as you could speak federation standard english or whatever they call it in the show uh then you were good i don't think it's that everyone's speaking different languages and it just it just revealed that um i think it was like translating them wrong you know what i mean like it was like if we were all speaking the same language but then this application we're using decided to switch them into three different ones and we can't understand each other you know that kind of thing 
but yeah, it seems like just a stunt, right? It seems like uh, they 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 have an explanation as to why it means something, but it doesn't really feel organic. Or I think they just took it on too long. I mean, you know, if it was just that bridge thing and it malfunctioned for you know whatever thirty seconds to a minute, and then you know it would have been fine. But they kind of kept it lingering on too long. Yeah, and it goes it goes it gets out of the bridge even. You know, we yeah. have more scenes out inside. Yeah, the whole thing with the sphere, I don't, I don't know. It's a bit amorphous, I guess, and it doesn't, it's just a little bit undefined. And I think it's supposed to be, but I, I don't know, it just wasn't that... Makes it less interesting. Yeah, it wasn't very interesting. And I, but, but you're right, it made me think about Next Gen, and it made me think about the same exact thing on Next Gen. There would have been way more Picard standing in front of the chair, looking at the view screen, talking, but it somehow would have been more interesting. And I, it bothered me that I couldn't put my finger on exactly why I wasn't so into this here, today as opposed to something that's probably even more expository say in next gen so that was one thing that kind of bothered me but kind of the bigger picture it was disappointing just because it feels like you know we were so negative at the end of season one and then last podcast talking about the first two episodes of season two we seem to be very positive we all certainly really loved that second episode and then today you know it's like well okay maybe those first two were extraordinary episodes and this is the norm or something and these aren't bad these aren't bad i just want them to be great and they're not maybe they're better than what we witnessed in the last five episodes of season one so yeah yeah and i do remember i don't i don't have it all in my head specifics but i do remember there's a lot of positive stuff in this season still to come and everything it's not like it's just good couple episodes and all crap or something like that yeah. I, I remember that but when is it they change over at some point in this season they change some of their head writing bunch right right i think they changed that maybe before the season really started shooting but they'd already written some episodes i feel mm, like okay okay right because these because these names on these episodes as far as story and stuff are, are some of the same people that i know get they fired the two people. the i don't remember the names but the man and the woman that i Gretchen guess Gilbert were and aaron harberts i think right yeah They're, they were yeah. a-holes apparently mm-hmm um, just being, you know, mean to everybody. Um, I don't know. We, they never talked about details, but that was the gist of it, right? Yeah, I think, I think at this point in the season, we're kind of, um, it's just kind of all over the place. You know, obviously, we're, we're all, you know, I, I remember when I first watched this, I'm like, you know, I was, you know, you're, I think this was done intentionally. You, you want to see Spock, you know, you know, he's going to be in the season. You want to get to that. And that's, it's part of it. Um, you know, you, yeah, maybe holding him back for five episodes is too much. You get this Tilly thing going. We know how that resolves. So that resolves in the next episode, right? And that's when the doc comes back. I don't know. What about the um, the Saru the Saru stuff? We talks about kind of the Kelpians and the, the big lie. It seems like there's a lot of insight into his species here, uh, and it's interesting to have a. I'm not sure. I can't really think of a another example i'm sure there is but like you know a main character who's the only one of his species because the rest of his species is stuck hidden mm -hmm. under the prime directive mm -hmm. kind of thing yeah that's interesting and they were kind of springboarding off that short trek you know that had happened in the summer prior which we haven't we haven't discussed those or anything but um yeah i remember i i liked that short trek and i liked stuff about that whole story in the spe in his species and what he goes through. I mean, it's all, it's all interesting. It's a, it's an, it's a very developed backstory and, uh, 
And I kind of, yeah, you kind of just want more of that. It'd be nice to have more of this. It's like they, it's like they, something that's like interesting and deep. In this case, they, they give you this nuggets like all in a span of like a speech that goes on 20 or 30 seconds. And then uh, that was nice. Why don't we just deal with that somehow a little more, you know, versus it just kind of being a, some talk, you know, hard, hard during back to the next gen, you know, you know, when they're, you know, doing 20, 25 episodes, there would that whole, you know, that short would have been a whole episode and it would have just been, you know, sort of centric on his backstory that had been just one episode, you know, and you'd gotten all that one up. No, because they would never have done a whole episode that was a flashback. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they would have something going, you know, there'd be something, you know, they could have, this was kind of more formatted next gen style, you know, he would be dying and then the flashbacks would be like, oh, this is, you know, my life before kind of thing. What's this episode about? It's obviously facing, you know, they're they're trying to talk about death here and facing that and coming term coming to terms with that, not not just for the you know, Saru who is dying himself, but the you know, the people around him it basically just burn him because they it goes really fast and it's just it's just him and Burnham there at the end and doing that morning um morning thing. Um so yeah, it's it's about, you know, facing death and coming to terms with, you know, your life, but then there's a turn, you know, um, then it's about um, learning that your species has just been lied to. So it's about you know, dealing with the big lie, as they say today. <laughs> I had a that fungus thing. I had a fungus speak to me once and it said I needed to buy some powder for my foot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least it wasn't. A, was at least it wasn't a fungus saying you need to powder for something else. <laughs> Steve, what's it supposed to be about? Yeah, I, def- I definitely think that it's um, you know if if there's any focus, it's it's obviously the the sphere and its death throes and what it does to Saru and how he's reflecting on it. And, you know, it's it's obviously a complex and a big thing dealing with the the end and how you take it and what you do with your end. You know, how do you, how do you you know face it in a way where i mean in the case obviously the sphere is passing on something it's wanting to it has its i mean i don't know i think they they may have they could have done a little more with with that obviously there were parallels there that was the whole point but again they're juggling a lot of stuff you know to 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 so making those making a a a big message that's consistent and different and unusual you know in terms of death and facing the end you know it might be a little much to ask for when you have so many storylines to juggle but uh i think i think that's probably the the bulk of the focus of this episode well they certainly set up a lot of narrative for future second season episodes all right let's do six degrees for an oval for Sharon. by the way i looked that up that was the the funny penny you brought for the guy to the captain of the boat that would take the you ferry. across the ferry, that, that the thing ferryman. of the dead or whatever, that thing, that's what the obel was mm. anyway. Yeah. Uh, Steve. Yeah. Name the David Bowie song that Stamets and Tilly sing. Oh yeah. Um, I'm probably getting this stuff mixed up now. Which one I'm talking about? I, the ground control to major Tom, major Tom. That's no, not the name. That's a different one. Okay. Well, that's the song. It's just not the title. I was going to say Major Tom, too. I thought that's the song they were saying, Ground Control Major Tom. Yeah, so. that's not the name of the song. <laughs> People out there are screaming at um, Steve and I. Don't know, Bowie. <laughs> What's wrong with you two? 
I can Google it real quick, or you can just tell us. <laughs> Space <laughs> Oddity. Space, Space Oddity. Oh, okay. Okay. Early 70s, a few years after uh, Stanley Kubrick's movie. Wow. Nobody got anything today. I didn't think these were hard questions, but you never know. You never know. I don't know if I would have gotten the Bowie, but I would have gotten the Vengeance, because I like Robocop. I wonder if there's ever been a point where both of us got zero. Surely, by now. I don't know. That, actually, I don't know. I don't remember that ever happening. Yeah, but, you know, this lot. only asking two questions a day is a new thing. You know, I, yeah. we used mm-hmm. to ask six questions a day, which gave you a lot more. It's, right. it's going to be you really dumb to not give me <laughs> six. <yeah. laughs> oh, man. There are those days, Steve. There are those days. All right, folks. PSA, if you haven't gotten your shot yet, go get your shot. Go get your shot. We've all had ours. I only, I only, grew, I only grew a third dimple. That's the only, that's the only <laughs> side effect. So, you know, it's not that bad. Uh, uh, yeah, go get your shot, people. Go get them. Do it for those around you, if nothing else. All right. Didn't really get any Star Trek news this week, I don't think. Unless I'm forgetting something. Well, we're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next two episodes of Discovery's second season. And until then, you can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. Our Facebook listener page is facebook.com slash trekcompanion. We thank you so much for spending an hour with us. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. Stefan, I passed it.